2: Alright everybody, it is Tuesday, April 18th, 2023, and it is indeed a heck of a morning. We are live on the MMA Fighting Twitter space and so you hear the show in its entirety shortly thereafter on the MMA Fighting Podcasting Network. Hi everybody, I am Mike Heck. hope everyone's having a great start to their week, hope everyone enjoyed their weekend. There was combat sports action galore, we had the PFL with... Prelims and post postlims and main cards all shuffled up in random places. Olivier Aubin-Mercier defeats Shane Burgos 30-27. In the big fight on that card, we had the UFC back on Saturday in Kansas City. Pretty fun card. And in the end, Max Holloway defeats Arnold Allen in the main events. And now, my concerns of having that fight to begin with. They kind of come full circle right now because Max Holloway wins. And now we don't have like a clear cut next guy for Alexander Volkanovski. Now that could certainly change if Ilya Teporia just goes out there and washes Josh Emmett in June. You can make a case there, but Perhaps the UFC will be like, ah, let's throw Ilya Topuria in there with Max Holloway, and I truly hope that doesn't happen. And I would like to publicly thank Max Holloway for not going that route, for going the Korean Zombie route, and Korean Zombie seems interested in that matchup. Which means I am interested in that matchup. Let's have this division move forward a little bit. But it was a good fight. Really good fight. Arnold Allen proved that he belongs In the upper echelon, he hung tough with Max, but in the end, Max Holloway got it done. The official MMA fighting scoring for that fight was 49-46 for Max Holloway. I was live blogging as I was watching it, so I didn't really get to fully grasp all of it. But I saw a lot of people I, I saw a few people on Twitter. I know Ariel Hawani talked about it yesterday. My buddy Brian Campbell also initially scored it for Arnold Allen and at first, I'm like, all right, maybe I can see that. So I had to go ahead and re-watch the fight Sunday morning, and in the end, I feel like 48-47 Arnold Allen is not a terrible scorecard, but it's not a great one. I don't think there's a... I think you have to dig really deep to, to make that case. Now, I initially scored the fifth round for Max. Having re-watched it, I changed my tune. I think Arnold Allen won the fifth round. Wasn't scored a knockdown. It was kind of close. The thing that really leaned me towards scoring that fifth round for Max after that flash knockdown was Arnold Allen's body language was not good. He got up and he was pissed that he got dropped. And that sometimes is such a difference. Because Max Holloway got hit a bunch. And he got hit really hard. But you would never know it. You would never know it. But when Arnold got hit in that fifth round in that final floor, he got up and he was livid that he, that he touched the mat. And that is just not good body language. And judges see that. And I saw that. And that's why at the the initial watch, I scored the fifth round for max having rewatched it. I scored it for Arnold in the end. I go 48, 47 max. I gave Allen two and five, but. Two of the judges gave the second round to Max. And I got to tell you on the rewatch, I don't hate that card. I think there is a, a case to be made for Max Holloway winning that second round. So could still be 49-46 Max. 48-47 seems like the, the correct score. And in the end, the right guy won. And that's all that matters. So Max Holloway gets the big win. Edson Barboza did Edson Barboza things to Billy Corintillo. I know Billy is a, is a favorite amongst the MMA Twitter community. I am a big Billy Q fan myself. Great guy. Sharp mind. Good fighter. But again, and we saw this in a couple of fights on this card. It's something that reared its head at UFC 287. Experience truly matters. And I'm not just saying like the number of fights – It's who you fight. It's the strength of schedule. And nobody has had a tougher strength of schedule over the last decade than Edson Barboza. He is far and away number one. Just go back and just look at the names that this man has fought. It's absolutely ridiculous. And sometimes that experience is such a, just has such an impact on some of these fights. We saw it in the Pedro Munoz-Chris Gutierrez fight. Again, Pedro's been in there with everybody. Everybody, the who's who, the da- most some of the most dangerous guys in this division. And Chris fought well, but just wasn't enough. And I think Chris, yeah, he takes a step back, but I saw a lot from Chris Gutierrez that impressed me. And I feel like Chris G- Gutierrez will be a bottom end of the top 15 kind of guy for years to come. I think he's going to take a lot away from this fight, and Pedro gets the job done. And we'll see what happens with that. We had some retirements. Zach Cummings, Ed Herman had a fight. And there's not much more I can say about it. Zach had his big moment. Both guys retired. And then we had back-to-back fake retirements with Bill Algio cutting a promo. And then Clay Guida does the fake retirement. Dana White was pissed about that. We had a little bit of controversy on this card. My man AK, my best friend, wrote his first robbery review of 2023 on the opening bout of this card, Jocelyn Edwards versus Lucy Pudalova. Jocelyn Edwards wins a split decision that had everybody scratching their heads. And in the end, not only do we we get our first robbery review of 2023, according to my best friend, who I trust more than anybody in these cases, uh, that's the first robbery of 2023. Lucy Pudalova should have got that one done. And the judges didn't, didn't score for her. And then we had Jillian Robertson, Pierre Rodriguez. The armbar was it a tap? Was it not a tap? All that. In the end, I think the right call was made, and Jillian Robertson gets a big win in her UFC strawweight debut. Brandon Royval just steamrolls Mateus Nicolau. He shared our sentiments that he should have been on the main card. Even Dana White agreed that they screwed that one up. And now Brandon Royval has put himself in a great position where. He might be the backup for the Brandon Moreno-Alexander Pantoja title fights, and I'm with that, and he should absolutely get the winner of that fight. There's a storyline for both guys, and Roy Vall has gotten over in a big way, and that was the kind of performance that just gets you a title fight. I know Menel Cop's fighting Davis and Figueredo, but I think Roy vall has got to be next, and Cop can be the man after that if he goes out there and beats Figgy Smalls. But. So there you go. That's what's going on from this past weekend. We got some news yesterday, uh, and I would like to – I'm not going to take credit for this, uh, but the I, I think the heck of a morning community deserves credit for this because I'm not sure who actually brought up this idea. Somebody – we were talking about what was going to headline the April 29th card, and we were thinking maybe they just push Anthony Smith and Johnny Walker up a couple of weeks, and then I forget who it was. Somebody called in and said – Let's just move Song Dong versus Ricky Simone to that spot. They're fighting the 22nd. Let's just push that to the main event. And I love that idea so much that that idea has carried over in multiple programs. And who would have thunk it? Last night, UFC tweets out. That's the fight we're getting in the main event of the April 29th card. Love that. Great move. Great job. Heck of a morning listeners. One in particular. And we made this happen. It's a collective win for all of us, and I think it's because of this space. I will thank that individual if I find out who it is, but yeah, it's much better than uh, no offense to Kyle Baraglio, but wasn't ready for a Kyle Baraglio main event. I haven't been ready for any Kyle Baraglio co-main events, and we've gotten a bunch of those, and it looks like we're going to get another one, but I certainly was not ready for a Kyle Baraglio main event at the hallowed UFC Apex. And then who knows what's going on with UFC 288 right now? That seems to be a big question. Are they going to add another fight? Seems maybe Gilbert Burns, Bilal Muhammad was on the table. At least that's what's being shared on social media. Now Gilbert's calling out Dustin Poirier very respectfully. And I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I do love the Mavzar of Loyev, Bryce Mitchell. Upgrade, I think it's an upgrade. No offense to JSP, but I think that's an upgrade fight. We got Matt Frivola jumping on the main card against Drew Dober. So that's cool. But it's not a tremendous main card. It's not one that I feel like a lot of the non-hardcores are going to drop $80 on this card. So let's see if the UFC could pull a rabbit out of the hat before UFC 288 on May the 6th. Uh, we'll get to the cause in a moment. I'll reiterate this throughout the week. But uh, quick announcements. So after the card on Saturday, I'm going to do on to the next one with AK on Sunday. But then I am I am on vacation for 10 days. So I will not be hosting this program. I will not be hosting any of the pre- or post-fight shows the following week. No BTL, at least that I'm going to be hosting We might have a heck of a morning next week and the Tuesday of the following week. We're trying to work on that. It will not be me doing it, but perhaps a special guest will be tagging in to perform those duties and give you guys a voice and more on that over the next several days. Hopefully we can iron that out. If not, I see the hand raising, so surprise gone, Alexander K. Lee. Uh, we'll be the guy who will step in if we can make it work. And then I'll be back midway through UFC 288 fight week and we'll get ready for the watch party and all sorts of fun stuff. So let's get the party started. Abswalia, kick us off, my man.
3: Hi, Mike. Kick of the morning. How are you doing? Good. How are you? Hi, I'm good. So um, I've got... Three questions I want to ask. So my first question is, um, we saw Pedro Muno, um, he got his win on Saturday. What do you reckon should be next? Um, would you, uh, In my opinion, I would like to see him fight Peter Yan. I think it would be a perfect tune fight if Peter Yan wants to get back in the win column. Uh, my second question is, is there a good chance we will be getting news very soon for the future PPV events that are headlining in July and August because you know they're not really far away. We don't really, we all we know is that um, Alexander Volk and um, Brandon Marine are fighting, but are there going to be more fights announced? Are they still going to announce possibly you know what they'll do with um, Marvin Vittori, what they'll do with you know Korean Zombie and all that? And my third question is, um, is there Any news where UFC might want to headline the Australian card? Is there like a possibility it could be in Melbourne, in Sydney, in Brisbane? Let me know. Thanks, man. That's all I have to say.
2: Thanks, man. Um, So from what I understand, there are talks about doing another Australia card. Max Holloway had brought it up. That's where he called for the zombie fight to do it in Australia. Early fall is kind of the early preliminary discussions. Uh, But that'd be a fun fun one. I don't know where it's going to happen, but all we know is just kind of Australia at this point. That's what's being discussed. No guarantees it happens, but I would be stunned if it doesn't at this point, but we'll see how it all plays out. As far as the July pay-per-views go, I don't know what's going to happen at this point because Dana said he wanted to make the London card a pay-per-view, but I'm not really sure how you do it now because you would think that, they would do Leon versus Colby headlining that one if they were going to do it. But Leon did a bunch of interviews last week, including with our own Damon Martin says July is not going to happen. So he's thinking September. He's if he had his druthers, it would be October on the Abu Dhabi card. But I just don't know if they're going to wait that long to get Colby back in there. I don't know if they do an interim title fight. I don't know what, what they, what they're going to do um so the initial plans were the 29th i think yeah because the 22nd is is slated to be the london card 29th was the plan all along for the second pay-per-view and i have no idea what's going to headline that one no clue and international fight week kind of seems like it's locked and loaded unless they again pull another rabbit out of their hat but volk's over in a big way he's I think it's fine. You get those two title fights, you just load it up with other good fights, and I think you'll be you'll be good to go. You got Bo Nickel, and we'll see what, what sort of the rest of the slate looks like. Love to see them get Hamza on that card. That'd be a great little addition. But seems like Hamza wants to fight in Abu Dhabi in October next, so it's kind of all up in the air right now. And as far as Pedro, I said uh, on on to the next one. First, let's bump. The Song Yidong-Ricky Simone fight to the main event of April 29th, and then the winner can fight Pedro Munoz. We can do another fight night main event. Hopefully not at the Apex, but probably would be. And that seems like a fine fight. Let's go to CV. Hello, CV.
0: Hey, Mike. Heck of a morning. Um, yeah, I will take the credit for the Song Yidong and uh, Ricky Simone. That was you. Yes, that was me. But no, it's, it's everybody's idea. Don't worry all the heck of a morning communities idea I don't know maybe they got like people working for the UFC listening to these spaces like with burner accounts I mean who knows <laughs> but uh, yeah just two quick questions for me um, first off um, looking ahead for this Saturday's fight night event uh, the main event uh, what are the stakes like um, does the winner get do they wait for the winner of Miocic and Jones if that happens or do they win the gone sweepstakes and um Last question is, uh, what's your early prediction for the uh,
4: Tank, Davis, and uh, Ryan Garcia fight? Thanks.
2: Man, I need to... I'm not ready to make a prediction for Tank, Garcia yet. That fight is incredible. That is an incredible fight. We will be... uh, We have boots on the ground there. Casey's going to be there. So uh, we will have you covered on that card in multiple ways. And we'll be covering that on Saturday as well. The stakes in the main event—I don't know. They, as it stands right now, I would say they're just kind of fighting for placement. Really, let's just let's just be very clear. John Jones is Stepaniuc. You're going to fight. It seems like they're going to do it at MSG. That's what John Jones was saying. Dana White sort of reiterated that. And I don't think either guy is going to fight again unless it's against the other, at least anytime soon. I think Stipe, if he beats John and John wants to run it back, I could see a world where they run it back. If he, if John wins, Stipe's probably done. John will probably walk away for a little while until something interesting comes up because I don't think Curtis Blades is interesting to him. I certainly don't think Sergey Pavlovich is interesting to him. So, I guess their best hope is that whoever wins, they just hope John wins and walks away, and then they vacate the title. And then the winner of that maybe fights, I don't know. Looks like Tommy Aspinall will be ready to come back for that London card. I'd love to see him versus Cyril Gane headline that one. I think that makes a ton of sense. And if Tommy wins, there you go. You do Tommy versus the winner of that fight for the vacant belt. I'm cool with that. But without knowing when this fight's actually happening with John and Stipe, without knowing the results, kind of tough to say, but I don't think the stakes are incredibly high as it stands right now. But, Whoever wins this fight is probably going to be hoping John Jones wins and says, "All right, I'm peacing out for a little while until something interesting comes along." Let's go to Tristan. Mike, can you hear me? What's up, man? Yep.
5: Yeah. Um, so I'm going So it's confirmed that um, Charles Oliveira versus Benil Darius. That's going to be on the June tenth. Vancouver card, right? As the co main event, I believe. Um, it is not confirmed. Oh, it is, it not, is confirmed. not confirmed yet. Okay.
2: Benil is saying that's what's on the table. He's saying that, but we haven't fully confirmed that okay. information totally just yet. But yeah, that, the, you have to kind of put it on that card. And if not, they probably have to move
5: on. Okay. Yeah. Because when I read the article on the um, uh, I don't know with, um, with uh, Charles Oliveira if he's gonna be 100% for that fight because he said he has a minor injury, he hasn't even stopped training yet. He, he's gonna to try to train next week. And then, I mean, this is kind of similar to when Jeff Neal fought Shavka Rachmaninoff. You remember, he fought in January, uh, the fight was supposed to be in January and then Neal got hurt and then they rebooked it for March. But heading into that fight, Jeff Neal wasn't 100% healthy. Now, you know, with him being so tough, he was able to put still a great performance, but not at his best. I don't think Charles Oliveira is going to be one hundred close to one hundred percent. I mean, and then, then you got to then you got to worry if he's going to miss weight. So, and he talked about that going into the Islam fight. He wasn't one hundred percent healthy, and he doesn't want to do that again. So, I, I mean, just your thoughts on that. I mean, I I like I think you said it yesterday or uh, I any mean, last week. I think somebody said it. This could just give Manel Darius the title shot. At Abu Dhabi against Islam and call it a day, you know, because it's just you're running the risk of Charles Oliveira not being really, really healthy for that fight and not maybe not going to put a good performance. Or I might be wrong about it, but I just I don't know about that. What do you think? So,
2: what's it? What was interesting about, and, and this is one of the things that kind of drives you crazy about social media and everything when it comes to news is that Benil did that interview with the Schmo and it came out that, oh, the fight's pushed back to June. No, it isn't. That's just what Benil said was offered to him. Yeah, we're hoping to do it in June. And I said, yes. That doesn't mean it's done for the exact reasons you just said. It's We don't know if Charles Oliveira is going to be ready. He's going to train next week. And what if he trains and the injury isn't any better? Then what are you going to do now? So as interesting as that was, the most interesting thing that Benil Darius said, and he said it with the submission radio guys as well, is that when he told the UFC, just give me the title shot, you know what they told him? Something I've been saying for a while. They said Dustin Poirier is the number one contender right now. Dustin Poirier is the number one contender. I've been t- I've, I've been shouting this from the rooftops ever since he beat Michael Chandler and ever since Islam beat Volkanovsky. It would not shock me at all if Dustin Poirier gets the next title shot. And look at the position we're in right now. If Benny beats Oliveira, sure, but if Oliveira wins, they're going to give Dustin the title shot. And some people thought I was crazy. I'm not crazy because that's what Benil Darius just told. That Dustin's the number one contender and that you're probably not getting a title shot. So what I would suggest is I would just scratch this fight altogether. uh, Let Oliveira heal up and maybe you chuck him on a different card. And you try to get Dustin Poirier, because Dustin's saying he wants to fight. Ariel's saying that Dustin would take the Dariush fight right now. And this is another thing that I think kind of got taken the wrong way, is that after Dustin beat Michael Chandler, there's this there's this notion that Dustin was like, nah, I'm not interested in fighting Benil Dariush. That's not really what he said. The question he was asked at that post-fight press conference was, would you be willing to turn around and fight Benil Dariush on that February UFC 284 card? Maybe it's like a backup fight, number one contender fight. And Dustin said, no, I'm not really interested in that. And the, the biggest reason why is because he had to make a lot of changes. He had to pull his daughter out of school to get ready for the Chandler fight. At MSG. So he said, I don't want to do that to my daughter again and have to uproot my family in the middle of the school year again. So I'm probably not going to fight till June or July. So that's that was the biggest reason why. Seems like he's more interested now because the timing's a little bit better. I don't know if he's gonna fight May 6th, but to me, if you can get Dustin to fight June 10th, do that. That's what I would do. Do Dariush versus Poirier. Winner gets Islam. Works for me. And then Oliveira can heal up, and when he's ready to go, he could fight somebody else. He could fight... Is anyone going to complain if we see Oliveira Gaethje too? I don't think so. I don't think anybody's going to complain about that. Or Oliveira could fight. If Dariush loses, they could still do Oliveira versus Dariush. You still have options, but... There's no need to rush Oliveira if Poirier wants to fight. And Poirier seems like he wants to friggin' fight. So that's not a bad idea. And that friggin' card could use that fight badly. You could throw it on the International Fight Week card, too. But again, my concern with that is those two are probably going to beat the shit out of each other and... I just don't know if we can turn either of those, whoever wins that fight around quick enough to be able to fight Islam in Abu Dhabi. So you got to make some waves, but if Darius is going to fight and he need and it seems like he needs to, to get a title shot, he has to fight in June, May or June. I don't think, I think July, and unless he's willing to to risk it for the biscuit, as the kids say, and hope that he doesn't sustain any major injuries or anything that's going to keep him out so that he's able to turn around three months later and fight for the title. I don't know. But if Poirier wants to fight, just pay the man his money and let's do that. I like that idea. But we'll see. Maybe Oliveira's fine. Maybe he'll train next week and be good to go.
0: and new customers to DraftKings can bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet
1: just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
4: Four Corner Sports, hello. Hey, Mike. Um, I agree. I definitely do feel that, um, what's it called? You gotta put something off of that June 10th card. You can't have two stinkers of of pay-per-views back-to-back. Just feels May 6th card isn't it. I don't think so many people are gonna be buying it. Um, I, I have a conception that maybe this is just What's it called? Dana's way of, you know, finally putting two people that he doesn't really care for as the main event for Me Six and 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 saying, "See, you guys don't bring good good numbers to the table," and making sure this card isn't, you know, it, that's just my opinion. Um, I wanted to talk about the about Max. I definitely felt that Max won. I I don't think it, it was Arnold didn't win. I agree. I, I don't think Arnold should have ever, what's the quote, um, showed any type of expression that he felt like he got defeated at the end of the fifth because, you know, judges do see that. Um, I love the fact that Max said he wanted to fight um, Korean Zombie. But one thing that did bother me was um, I saw on on the MMAfighting.com IG page that Volkanovsky was complaining, saying that, you know, he's beating up his, his contenders. My problem with Volkanovsky is this. You have the ability to call these people out instead. You're just complaining, wanting another crack at Islam for, for the lightweight title. Call these people out, you know, call out your Bryce Mitchells, your Maz, um, your Aloyovs, your what's, Iliad Supporters and stuff like that. You now he's fighting Ayer and stuff like that, but at one point he was even debating on trying to go up, up to lightweight again and avoiding that year fight, and then we're gonna have the same situation where. Um, Featherweight is in in shambles when it comes to, um, you know, a whole backload. Now, my whole thing is this. I'm looking at at the Featherweight division, and I see that Brian Ortega, he's still ranked inside, like, the top six. The man hasn't had, like, a really good, decent win. I mean, yeah, he beat Korean Zombie, what was it, 2020, but he hasn't had, like, a really good win in, in such a long time. I mean, I was at the Long Island card, and, I mean, Yair yeah, Rodriguez was putting work on him, and in the last three fights that he has had, what's it called? What It didn't look that great, in my opinion. I mean, I just, I don't know. I just feel like Ortega... I don't know where you guys have ranked in your global rankings, but I just think that um, Brian Ortega needs to be off. Um, he hasn't had a good win in, in quite some time, and yeah, I mean, what's next for, for him? I mean, I would like to see him fight Giga Chikasi, but he hasn't been anywhere in the news as for wanting to have a fight and like i said before in the previous show i'm glad what's it called um Royville ended up expressing his feelings as for not being on the prelims it's a crime it's a travesty that rooval uh, versus um um what's it called it's, um uh i forgot his name i have like a brain for it right now that they were on the prelims and not even the feature prelims but hopefully rooval is never um, featured on the prelims ever again
2: We have yeah, I, I don't think Roy Vell will be a prelim fighter anymore. Um, I don't know what's next for Ortega. I don't know. Maybe the Bryce Mitchell Movzar Ovoyev winner. I think if Avloyev beats beats Bryce, that's the fight to make. That's the fight to make. I'm I'm not I'm not sold on Giga Chikadze. I'm not. I'm not. He, I mean, he got the wood put to him by Calvin Cater. I'm just not convinced yet. I need to see more from him. I need to see more from him before I'm willing to throw him in there with the Brian Ortega. So, I mean, you could do the Taporia Emmett loser, um, but I actually like the Avloya fight if he wins. I think that makes perfect sense. I think that's the way to go. But we have him. It's going to change a little bit because we haven't updated him. Uh, but right now, he is tied for fifth in our rankings with Arnold Allen. So eh, eh, we might. There might not be a ton of movement from there. He might remain that way, uh, or he might drop a spot and Ortega will be number five by himself. But look, he's been out for for a while. He's had injuries. Uh, he suffered a pretty bad injury against Yair. He's had some bad luck. That was a great performance against TKZ. That was a really good performance. And he beat TKZ up on the feet the whole fight. So, yeah. We'll see. And I agree with Volk about the hallway thing. They should have never made the Allen fight to begin with. But it was a great fight and now Alan uh Holloway lets fight Green Zombie and that's what they should do. Clay, hello. Hello, Mike. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Good, good. I got two questions for you. What do you think is on the line for Curse Blades and uh Pavlovich this weekend? You know, being uh, with being uh, you know John Jones and the shadows, uh, I don't know what's on the line. And my second question is uh do you th- do you have uh, predictions for that main event? So we we addressed the the stakes earlier. Um, I don't think there's much, man. Like, I don't think there's much. Um, I think they're just fighting to keep their spot. John Jones or Stipe Mietschitz, neither of those guys are fighting either of these guys. They're just not going to. They're going to fight each other. If Stipe wins, John will probably get a rematch, even though we hate immediate rematches for the most part. But you know the UFC is going to try to strike while the iron's hot. And if John wins, I see a world where he's just like, all right, I'm out of here. Not like retire, retire, but he's just going to vacate the belt, sit back, and if something really interesting comes along, a new star is developed, so to speak, maybe he comes back. But here's the thing, man. Like, we got some big – and when I talked about this earlier, I – Curtis Blades has deserved a title shot for like three years now uh, and never got one, and I don't think he's going to get one. Sergey, he's going out there and just finishing people, so I don't know. I think what they're fighting for is the hope that John beats A and then John walks away, and then we can do the winner of that fights, somebody else for the vacant title. I also feel, and I didn't even mention this the first time, they moved, they shuffled up the UFC Charlotte card. It's an ABC card, and they put Jailton Almeida in the main event against Jairzinho Rosenstrike. Now, there's a very real world where Jailton Almeida just runs over Jairzinho Rosenstrike. There's a very real world that happens. And to me, the UFC is making that move because they want to get Jailton Almeida over this is not to get Jairzinho over. This is to get Jalton on the radar because getting on ABC, getting on network television is a very big deal. And you put this big monstrous dude who look, who looks great getting off the bus and just steamrolls everybody. And now he's in a main event spot. So I maybe they're fighting for the winner. B- basically, if Jalton wins, maybe they're fighting to fight Jalton. Maybe it's a vacant title fight. I don't know. Plus, we got Tommy Aspinall coming back. We'll see who he's going to fight. Probably on that London card. Cyril Ghosn makes sense to me. And we'll kind of see how this all plays out. But I don't think they're fighting for really much at this point. Because John isn't going to fight either of these guys. And Stipe certainly isn't going to fight either of these guys. So, it's kind of a weird position we're in right now at heavyweight. But... My my guess as of right now, especially with the timing, winner's probably going to fight Jelton Almeida if he beats Jairzinho Rosenstrike. That's what I think. And I'm picking Curtis Blades to beat Sergey Pavlovich. Uh, Matt, hello. Matt, are you there?
3: I've got something for you. I know that this is going to be controversial for you, Mike, but how would we feel if, let's say, that Triple C goes in and starches mate, instead of just giving him the belt at 145? Why don't we let him fight Max Holloway? I know that that's just taking another contender away from from Alex, but I feel like you know everybody complains about Henry just going straight up to 145. So why don't we just give him a real contender and a real fight at 145 instead of giving him straight the belt?
2: Well, what's going to happen is, um, look, Henry's not an idiot. He, he's a, the worst retirer in the history of combat sports. There's no doubt about that. But he's also smart enough to realize that the big bag of money for him right now, that's realistic, is not the Volkanovsky fight. It is the Sean O'Malley fight. So... I think if Cejudo beats Sterling, he'll fight Sean O'Malley and kind of go from there. I don't think Cejudo is going to go up to 45 and fight Max. I just don't know if that's going to happen. An interesting idea, though, is because, I don't know, the UFC sees Cejudo as something bigger than he is because I just don't think he's like a big star. I still think Sean o- I still think. Sterling screwed the pooch by not going all in on O'Malley after he beat TJ Dillashaw, but that's the past, and we're going to get this fight. Whoever wins is probably going to fight Sean O'Malley, but maybe Aljo is just like, dude, this weight cuts too much. My dude, Marab, deserves it. I just don't know if the UFC would just chuck Sterling in there with Volk right away. Sterling versus Holloway would be interesting. I think that it would be more likely that that happens if, if Aljo wins and wants to move up to 45 because I don't think they're going to just chuck him in there and fight Volk. I, I just don't think that – I don't know if that happens. So who do fight O'Malley if he wins that? He's definitely going to be like, I ain't fighting again until I fight Volk. And who knows where Volk's going to be at that point? Maybe Volk's just like, you know what? If I have to vacate the belt to fight Makachev again, then cool. I'll do that. I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen, but be an interesting fight. Be an interesting fight. I just don't think that happens. Uh, We'll go Devil's Advocate, then we'll go to JD, and then we'll go to the Hardcore Casual. Devil's Advocate. Hey, Mike. How you doing, buddy? Good. Good. Good.
6: Um, I saw the uh, golf swing the other day. I assume that was you. You posted on Twitter. Looking good, dude. Looks great.
2: Oh, that was amazing. oh okay. <laughs> that, was, that was
6: that was John Rom, man. That's that was John Rom. Yeah, I was gonna say I was like, wow, Mike Wow, Mike's gonna be in the next PGA game. Um, no, I wish I had a golf swing like John Rom. <laughs> Jesus, Louise. Yeah, tell me about it, bro. Um, I had a question. I was wondering what you and other fans would think of Justin versus Dustin for title contention when I hear their names being tossed around with other people, I kind of get like nervous because I really want to see that fight. And I would think other fans would want to see it too. The caveat though, I feel, and I would like to know what you think. I don't see either one of them beating Islam. Unfortunately, I see those fights going the same way they did with Habib. Um, You know, I was, I was also, I'm not, uh, Ashamed to admit that I was kind of on the fence with all the Dagestani wrestlers. All oh, this is all they do, blah, blah, blah. And then I actually went down a rabbit hole for a couple of days of watching all of the stuff that Javier Mendez has posted to YouTube of like behind the scenes with all the guys at AKA, and you just grow to love all the Russians cause they're all such cool guys. So I was just curious what you thought about that whole thing. And do you actually think either one of them could beat Islam, even though we're all assuming now that he's slightly possibly better than Habib?
2: So I don't think he's better than Habib. Um, I think Volk kind of proved that. And I'm not taking anything away from Volkanovski, but I just don't – like I think if Volkanovski fought Habib, he's not having the same success. I just don't think he is. Um, but there is only one Habib. And if Islam is a shade below Habib, that's still pretty damn good. It's still a pretty damn good place to be. Habib is kind of an anomaly – and look, Gaethje had a little bit of success against Habib. He ended up getting tackled and submitted, but Gaethje won that first round in, in, in a lot of people's eyes. So I don't know. Look, I, I love look, I love Dustin Justin too. I think it's a great fight, but I've been hesitant on it because we had this Darius Oliveira fight on the table. And I've I've been saying since February I really think Dustin Poirier is the guy the UFC is going to want to put in that title fight and Benil Darius basically confirmed that after he lost the Oliver fight he's done the media rounds told Submission Radio yesterday I said all right just give me the title shot and he was told by the UFC Dustin Poirier is the number one contender so you kind of have to fight so weird spot and if you're Dustin Poirier, yeah, the Justin fight's cool, but if you get a chance to fight for the belt, like, go fight for the belt. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what's going to happen. Darius needs to fight somebody. He knows it. And I think the timing actually works out. Maybe he could just fight Dustin Poirier. I think that fight makes perfect sense at this point. Why rush Oliveira back? If you're Darius, like, do you want to fight a somewhat injured Charles Oliveira, and hear the excuses. Well, he was hurt. If he wasn't hurt, he would have lost that fight. Just chuck him in there with Dustin. Dude wants to fight. Number one contender fight. There you go. But it's got to happen probably on that June card for multiple reasons. One, because that 289 card is god awful right now. And two, you got to be able to turn one of these guys around. But if they rebook Oliveira, and Darius wins, then we can do Dustin Justin too. But if Oliveira wins, Dustin's probably fighting for the belt. Let's go to JD. What's up, JD? I can. Oh, awesome! How you doing, good buddy? I'm doing good. What's on your mind? All right, so I got two
7: questions for you. Uh, I'm not sure if you covered this, but is the Ilya Taporia versus Josh Emmett fight for Jacksonville? Is that location confirmed? And then follow up: Is there anything on the new um, anything uh, swirling around about the UFC coming back to Atlanta? That's all I got for you, man. Thanks.
2: I've heard nothing about Atlanta. Uh, I saw the report about Taporia Emmett being pushed back to the Jacksonville card, which uh, looks like June 24th is going to be that one. I know that originally was set for June 17th. They want to do it in front of fans. Um, We reached out. Uh, We were basically told that was news to both sides, but that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. I, I don't know, man, like, I don't know if Ilya and Josh are, look, we love both of them. We, we, we love both those guys. We see Ilya Teporia as a, as a potential star. We see this, but if you're from Jacksonville and Dana, White is like, we we're going to give them a, a card. Cause we owe them. We owe them a thank you for letting us host events during the pandemic. And it seems like this would be the last one to kind of get that deal finalized, if you will. Is Josh Emmett Ilya Teporia the type of fight that is going to sell fifteen thousand tickets? I don't know. I don't know. I like the fight, but am I going to drop a hundred dollars to sit in the nosebleeds to watch that fight? I don't know. That's tough. I don't think it's going to sell out that building. Unless you just load it up with other fights. I don't know. But from what we were told when we saw this report on Sunday, it was kind of news to to everybody. But could still happen. I don't know. But again, I, I just don't know if that one fills an arena. It's a tough one. go so to hardcore casual hello uh, hardcore casual hey
7: what's going on there mike you hear me yes okay, sir hey so i know i i was listening to the believe you me podcast with biz Bing, and they were talking to clay guida last week he was talking about his ufc debut at ufc 64 i started doing some research on some fighters i know john jones made his appearance in like I think the high 80s, 85, 86, something like that. Uh, I was thinking about this coming up. I mean, not soon, soon, but we have UFC 300 coming up. I was thinking about what other fighters have been around for the pre-100s, fought in the 100s, in the 200s. I I was thinking about – maybe like UFC 300 potentially being like a, like a legacy card where it's, it's fighters who've been around for those, those years of the UFC. I just didn't know what other fighters have been around that long. Um, and if, if you think that might be, you know, a, a neat idea, like a legacy UFC 300 card, I don't know. Just, a uh, offhand topic i was thinking about it last night doing a little bit of research and i I couldn't seem to fight find any other fighters that have been around that long uh i don't know no no real crazy question i was just thinking about it maybe you got some more some more for me as my name says i'm a casual hardcore casual so i don't really know how how many of the other fighters have been around that long thanks mike have a good one
2: yeah it's kind of tough uh top of my head and i don't even know if this is for sure, but Joe Lozon, I think he's like the the most tenured ultimate fighter contestant that's still in the UFC right now. And I think he, he debuted for UFC 100, I believe. So he's one of them. Matt Brown's probably pretty close. Yeah, there's not a ton. John was there, but... Had John not gotten popped before the D.C. fight at UFC 200, John would be kind of a no-brainer because he fought at 100 as well on the prelims, which goes to show you. But yeah, I'll have to to look a little deeper in that. There ain't many left. We had one of them, and he retired on Saturday. Clay's obviously been around for a minute as well. Yeah, like Jolo's on Jim Miller, guys like that. But a lot of these guys have have moved on to other things at this point. So, uh,
3: Let's go to Zeke. What's up, Zeke? My man, Mike, how are we? Good. Um, how are you? I'm going to keep it short and sweet for you on this Tuesday. Uh, I talked to you about Song Yudong and Ricky Simone. I'm not going to tell you a lie. Uh, I thought Song Yudong was putting it together his last time out. And then Corey Sanhagen just absolutely overwhelmed him. What are you
5: thinking? Mm,
2: I mean, look, I, I love the main events. Uh, it was, again, I give CV the credit now that I know, but it's a, a fight that came together here on this platform. Uh, and we made it happen. So it's a good fight. It's a good fight. Should be the headliner with what's available. I thought Song looked pretty good in the Sanhagen fight. The doctor stoppage kind of stunk, but it was one of those sort of performances where you're just like, all right, this dude's real good. And he's super young. Like, Song Yidong is a young man. And he's nowhere near how good he's going to be. And that's what's scary about him. And Ricky Simone just is a freak athlete starting to, to put it all together. It's a really interesting fight. It's a really interesting... Song Dong is 25. He's a young man. Ricky's only 30. He'll be 31 this summer. So he's still... He's he's like smack dab in the middle of his athletic prime. And we saw... And we saw what he did to Jack Shore. Like those... It's just one of those fights. Like Jed and I talk about this all the time. It's just one of those fights where you just realize that Ricky's just playing on a different field right now with his athleticism. Like Jack just could not keep up with him athletically. You can talk about the weight cut and stuff all you want, but if they fought at 45, if that fight was at featherweight instead of bantamweight, the same thing would have happened. The same thing would have happened. Ricky's just a freak athlete. So that's an interesting fight. Sung is the better striker than Ricky, but Ricky's athleticism, any sort of space that there is between Song Yudong and Ricky Simone on the feet, Ricky's athleticism, his intelligence, his fight IQ, it kind of closes that gap a little bit. And I think on the ground, Ricky's just better. So, great fight, should be the main event. I'm pumped for it. I am pumped for it. So last call for peeps if you want to hop in here. Sorry, I'm doing multiple things at the same time. So Saturday, uh, I'm actually going to be before the UFC card. I'm going to be competing in a CrossFit competition. Doing something. Uh, one of my goals for this year is just to do a bunch of things that I necessarily, I wouldn't really do. Things that make me nervous and take me out of my comfort zone. And so Saturday, me and uh, another gentleman that goes to the gym, we're going to compete in a, in a competition against like 36 other teams. And we're going to see how this damn thing goes. So, very excited about that and very nervous. There's going to be a bunch of people there watching me lift things and do weird exercises. So, I don't know how I feel about that, but we're going to do something a little crazy, and then that'll be over, and I'll come home, and I'll take a shower, and then we'll do the People's Pre-Fight show for Pavlovich versus Blades. I think this is UFC Vegas 71. So, yeah, that's what my Saturday is going to consist of. All right, I think we're good here, everybody. Thank you very much. Uh, back on Thursday, ten AM Eastern, we will do it. E- oh, wait a minute. Yeah, yeah, wants to hop in, and who am I to deny that? Yeah, yeah.
4: All right, glad glad I got you before you went off. Man. What's going on? How you doing? What's up? Good. How are you? Good, good. I just looked at the limbs for this Saturday. Um, I see that Muhammad
3: Usman is going to be fighting. Uh, what do you think about his? His debut. What do you think? How, he, how do you think he's gonna do? I don't know. I don't
2: know. What's the betting line on that fight? I would say Usman's pro. Oh no, Toph is the favorite. Minus one fifteen. It's basically a pick 'em. Toph is minus minus one fifteen. Usman's minus one hundred five. Um, I lean Usman slightly just because of the wrestling, but Top is good, man. That dude can frigging crack. And it's not like like he's fought in some like lower level prom- promotions early on. Like He fought for beat down promotions, hex fight series, but his last two fights, isn't Brave fought for fought at Ryzen Forty against a six and one dude and starched him in ninety seconds. Tafa's good, man. He's good. I'll be intrigued to see how he does on the mat. I don't think Muhammad Usman wants to have uh, like a straight kickboxing battle, with Junior Tafa, because that's probably not going to go well for him. But I could see a world where Usman just kind of tackles him and wins the fight this way, wins the fight that way. But The difference is Tafa is like, Tafa's a young guy, 26 years old. Usman, much more seasoned, if you will. He's 34. And yeah, he won his last fight against Zach Pauga to win the Ultimate Fighter. But I don't really put a lot of stock in that win. I mean, it's a good, good performance. He had a sick knockout. But Zach's a 205-er. Top is like a legit heavyweight. So, and you can probably make a case that this is the toughest matchup he's had. He fought Dante Mays, but he lost that fight. Fought Brandon Sales, he lost that fight. He got tapped in that one. I don't know. I think I'm talking myself more into Justin Taffa here, but Usman does have that wrestling if he, if he needs to. If he fights smart and just tries to get this to the ground, he's got a good chance, but if he wants to have a striking battle with Justin Tafa, it's not going to go well for him. I don't think so. Closely lined fight for a reason. That'll probably be like a dog or pass type situation for the betters, but yeah, it's a good fight, and I don't think the UFC loses a lot either way. Justin's an exciting guy. He's good on the mic. Usman is... Kamara's brother. You know? It's the younger brother. I mean, they've been trying to build this guy forever. Titan FC. Try to, like, really do something with him. And the problem was he just never really had, like, a great showing. He fought for Tachi, Tachi Palace, lost to Dante Mays, and then he went to Titan, and Tyson wanted to Titan really wanted to put him over. Got a decision, a couple finishes against guys that weren't really good, and then he went to PFL and got tapped in his first PFL fight. So we'll see. We'll see. But the youth, the athleticism, I think it's more with Tafa, but Usman's got that wrestling if he needs it, and maybe that'll be enough to get it done. But all right, everybody, thank you. Let's do this again. Back on Thursday, 10 a.m. Eastern, and enjoy the rest of your Tuesday, everybody. Have a great rest of your day, and as always, have a heck of a morning.